0: Hey Slady Bosses, and welcome to the Chardonnay and Slay Your Business Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie King, aka The Slay Coach, your fave beauty school dropout turned biz mentor who in less than two years retired her master's educated husband and built a million dollar brand. Now I'm the cool mom of three sassholes, world traveling speaker, spiritual truth teller, and resident potty mouth. And in this show, each week you'll hear from myself and other rule breaking industry experts on how to grow and scale your passion based business. Each episode, you will learn how to stand out in a crowded space without selling out. Now, pour a glass of Chardonnay and get ready to slay with me. Hello, hello, my lovely lady Bosses, and welcome back. Today, we're talking about the seven things that wealthy people have in common. I'm not talking about people that say they have money on the internet, <laughs> but are secretly broke, or people that say they have a certain level of income or business, but spend, overspend what they make. I'm not talking about the posers, the people renting fancy cars in order to look cool online. I'm talking about actual wealthy people. People that have money, keep money, make more of it, use money to make more money. People that have assets know the difference between an asset and a liability. People that understand how money works and they use money to make more money. So I've been in the rooms with some of the biggest players in the world. Now, I want you all to take my money magnetism quiz because I've made this for you, this freebie, and there is a free journal prompt after you get your results, you'll get a freebie. There's a free gift at the end of the quiz. And once you take the quiz, you'll get free journal prompts and affirmations for whatever stage of money magnetism that you're at. So, I want you to figure out at the end of this what is your money magnetism potential? Because I want you to be in the rooms that I've been in. I want you to work your way up into the rooms that I'm in now. I want you to be seen as an abundant person. I want you to to do things with your money, to do good with their money. I want you to create a life of abundance, a life past your wildest dreams to where you get to a point where you're like, oh my gosh, what do I even dream about now? <laughs> because I have everything I've ever wanted or needed. So that's the type of life I want you to create. That's the life that I have now. And I wasn't always this person. I was 22 years old when I started my like journey with money, maybe 23, and I remember having like $8 in my bank account. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, grocery store or mortgage kind of thing, or find a roommate to help me pay this mortgage. I was 23, 22. I was a mom. I was a single mom. I had just started dating my husband. And I remember thinking, oh my God, this guy has like 50000 $60,000 in savings. Like, whoa, how did I pull a guy like this? And I remember thinking how crazy it was that someone just had all this money just sitting around. And I was like, what? (laughs) Is that even possible? And so when he met me, he was like, oh my God, she's a hot mess express. (laughs) She's a hot mess express. And I remember thinking that, oh my God, if I want to keep a guy like him, I have to keep up. And so he was willing to help me grow In the areas that I needed to grow in to pay off debt. I think I had around $10,000 worth of credit card debt and they were somewhere delinquent. Like I wasn't paying on them. I had let them go. I had just gotten out of a bad relationship and some of the debt wasn't even mine, but it was in my name and it was in default and it was all like, it was just bad, bad energy, bad stuff. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'll just file bankruptcy. All these things. Like I did not have a good relationship with money, you guys. And We started reading books together. I think we read Rich Dad, Poor Dad first. We started reading real estate investing books. We started reading Law of Attraction books. We started just really understanding. My husband knew all about investing. He was doing stocks and wanted to get into real estate. He knew so much about the practical side, but I wanted to dive more into the spiritual side. So, so much of money, is understanding the practical and the energetics, the laws of money, the laws of attraction, getting into the vibration of what it feels like to be a millionaire, affirmations, journaling your way rich. These are all things that actually fucking work. (laughs) They're super, super woo, but they work. I remember the affirmations I used. I am a six-figure business owner. I am a six-figure business owner. I make 10K months easily. All these affirmations that I had when I was just getting started in my business, I use those now at a different level. Overflow, always more than a month. I could never spend more than what I make. There's so much that I've done since working with my mentor, Amanda Francis, around the energetics of money the last four or five months together. And so I wanted to share with you what I've witnessed in high performers, not just Amanda, but people that I've been in rooms with and circles with in the online marketing, coaching, personal development space, and understanding why these people have and and why others have not, or why some people get it and then lose it. Who are the people that have it? <laughs> why do they keep it? And all those things. So number one, they have so much gratitude for money, even when they have a ton of it. They don't have regret When they spend, they give of their money freely. They donate their money. They have gratitude around the fact that they have money. They have gratitude for where they are at every stage. Like Regardless of where they were, they had gratitude on their journey to getting money. They had gratitude for their current situation, their future situation. They were already in the knowing of that next level that was coming to them. They knew it was locked in. They had decided that they were going to get there. And starting with gratitude is something that I talk about when mindset practices pop up, when someone wants to call in another client, like, are you grateful for the clients that you have now, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's the same with money. We have we have to look at money in a way as if you would look at it like a relationship. Like, Are you grateful for your spouse? Are you grateful for your best friend? Let's talk about it with gratitude. They approach it with gratitude. They give it freely. They spend it freely. And they don't spend it with regret. They don't like swipe their card and think, oh God, I I just spent that money. They're grateful for the ability to be able to spend it. Number two, they don't use words like I can't afford. They use positive language. So maybe your financial circumstance currently, your current situation doesn't allow for you to go spend $10,000 tomorrow, but you can say and speak yourself, speak to money in a positive way. You can use language like, it's not a priority right now, or that's not in my goals list right now or that's not a priority that's not a financial priority or I'm choosing to invest in other things right now but they don't say I can't afford that. I'm choosing to make different choices versus I can't afford it. And so when you say things like I can't afford it, you are literally repelling <laughs> money and and the energy around money away from you. So when you use positive language, Literally, your language has a vibration. So understanding that I can afford this, I'm going to afford this next month, or setting the goals for when you're going to invest in something and not just saying, oh, I can't or I would never or I'm not sure when or I wish I could. Don't use words like I wish or I can't. Say I know and this is when. Using positive language to speak your money into existence is so, so, so powerful So number three, they also trust their ability to make money. They look for evidence for when they've been able to call in money or when money came to them out of thin air or when they accidentally got a check in the mail. They look for evidence to prove that money comes easily versus looking for evidence to build a case that they're broke like looking at all the debt and looking at all the bills. Yes, we need to look at them and honor them and pay them, but you can also go back and build a case for yourself for when you had money. So I want you to go look at the last time you had money. I want you to make a list of it, you guys. Make a list of all the times when money came to you freely and easily Make a list of when it was easy. Make a list of when you were able to call in a large amount. And if you don't have any evidence to build upon yourself, stand in the shoes of giants. Believe in their stories. Believe that their stories are possible for you. Because if it's possible for them, it's possible for you. We're all created equally, you guys. We all have our ability to choose and our ability to choose What we believe to be true about ourselves and for ourselves in the future is what separates us from the haves and the have-nots. So decide today that you are going to be a have, not a have-not kind of person and build evidence as you go along. Look for things. Look for signs that say, oh, it's coming. Money's coming. Oh, I'm so excited. Money is all around me you will open yourself up to so many more opportunities to make money when you start with the belief that it's possible for you. It has to start with that belief. Number four, they surround themselves, people that have money, they surround, like actually have money. Remember we started talking about this in the beginning of the episode, people that actually have money, not people that pose online to have money. They surround themselves with people that have more money than them. (laughs) They hire mentors, they get into rooms, with people that are wealthy or that are rich. They want to understand how they got there. They're learning and and getting around and listening and watching their behaviors and habits and routines and understanding how that person speaks, how they behave, what habits they have in their daily routine. They're constantly surrounding themselves and trying to be the smallest person in the room or the poorest person in the room or the dumbest person in the room. They're surrounding themselves with security successful people, people that are more successful than them. That's why masterminds are super, super, super important because you are surrounding yourself with a vibration of a ton of people that ask anyone that's been in a mastermind before, if you have two or three bad seeds in a mastermind, the whole vibration of the container can come crashing down. So I'm super selective about who is in my mastermind because if one person is in poor me, victim mode, lack, or it's not working, or it's never going to work then the rest of them can feel that vibration and if they're not careful that vibration can rub off. Now, negative vibrations don't rub off on me cuz I don't allow, I ground myself. I don't allow that to happen. Like that would not be a thing that would happen to me. But some people aren't as strong as me in that belief or in that knowing of who the fuck I am. So, surrounding yourself with people that get it that have positive language about money, that use positive language about money, that have money, that know what to do with it, that know about it, that you can learn from, vibe off of, pick up on things that they do and say and how they behave, all the things, It's all good things. So surround yourself with people that have more success or more money, whatever you want. Get in the room with those kinds of people. Number five, they don't believe that debt is bad. They use credit cards for points. So looking at debt, there are two different kinds of debt. Actually, there's three, but I'm not going to get into an entire podcast about different kinds of debt. I want you to understand there is productive debt and nonproductive debt. So if you're taking on debt, meaning if you're going to rack up a credit card to hire a coach or join a mastermind or whatever, and it's a high interest credit card, that ROI, the return that you're expecting should be a higher percentage than the debt, like the the payments that you are going to pay on that debt. So say you're taking out a $10,000 loan, you're going to pay $12,000 for it because of your interest rate. The return of that investment, you want to be double that (laughs) because you don't want to get stuck in high interest credit card debt And paying the minimum payments and then paying $20,000 for something that was a $10,000 expense. Does that make sense, you guys? Like, they don't believe debt is bad. They believe that it is a tool that can be used for good. Like, think about Donald Trump, (laughs) love him or hate him, like he has hundreds of millions of dollars of debt. He files bankruptcy all the time. (laughs) He doesn't believe that debt is bad. And some of the wealthiest people in the world don't believe debt is bad; they use it especially in real estate and now, if you i won't get into real estate investments, this won't be a podcast about all the streams of money that we have, but we have real estate investments. My husband and I are looking to add to our real estate investment portfolio this year. We are going to be buying another real estate investment property, and we make i mean i would say we make about two thousand dollars a month off of our real estate but we're not taking that money and then paying off the house. Like it's a $350 a month mortgage. Like I'm not taking, we're not taking what we We're taking it and using that money and reinvesting it back into our business. So the return is greater than the 3% that we pay on our home loan. The return of taking that $2,000 a month and then reinvesting it into our business is better than saving 3% on paying off our home loan. So I won't, dive deep into the differences of paying off good debt, bad debt, whatever. But debt is a tool. It's an energetic tool, just like money. Now there is productive debt and unproductive debt. I don't want you guys racking up a ton of credit cards that have 26% interest rate that you're not able to pay off every month. The goal of credit card debt is to be able to use it to get that extra 3% back in points that credit card companies will give you for being a good customer. Now, I have so many points. I buy almost all of my flights. I flew like over 60,000 miles last year and I bought, I would say 80% of my flights with points because we put our business expenses and you guys, we're spending 20, 30K a month on our credit cards and we're paying them off. And granted now, like I think Summit of Slay Month, we didn't pay them off um, because I also hired Amanda Francis that month and it was okay for us to carry a balance for a month or two. But in the beginning, we did not... I mean, like I I was not like this. (laughs) I used to have tons of debt. I used to think debt was bad. I hated my debt. I wasn't grateful for my debt. So if I can change, you can change. But people that are wealthy don't they use credit cards and they pay them off. (laughs) They don't think credit cards are bad. Like the Dave Ramsey will make you believe. It's not bad. It's a tool that they use. And I get tons, I get an extra 3% back just by using a credit card. So it's 3% more money. It's free money. Like, of course I use it. (laughs) It's 3% more money than I would have had had I not used it. So number six, they have fears when investing, but they do it anyways. There's no such thing as a bad investment and wealthy people know that because they understand that they're going to have to take risks in order to get the reward. No risk, no reward. So they're willing to take risks and they're grateful for their learning experiences. So if they do make a bad investment or if they do have an opportunity that doesn't work out that they spend a bunch of money on, guess what? They look at that with gratitude, because they know that the lesson is far worth far more than the money that they lost. They know that the return on that investment is the lesson and the lesson is valuable. The lesson will make them money. They will use that knowledge from that lesson to help themselves make more money. So they don't like, they look at the fear, they feel it and do it anyways when it comes to investing because they know it's always coming back to them because money is energy. It's cyclical. They spend it freely. They expect it to come back to them freely. And number seven, they have a practice for their money mindset. Even the most wealthy and most abundant people get triggered by money. Everyone in the online space that I've ever met still has to do the work. We have to do the work. The work is never done. They're still triggered when things bad or, you know, investments don't work out or when something happened or whatever. Like they know that they have to be a student and continue to do the work because their money mindset is is a part of their growth. Their mindset in general is a constant leaping into fears, reevaluating what is real and what is true and evaluating who they are. And that takes work and Mindset practices, whether that be manifestation, meditation, journaling, um, some people, whatever tool that you use to expand your money, because I guarantee you, there are always ceilings. There's the growth never stops. And when it comes to money mindset, if Oprah were to spend a billion dollars tomorrow, she would freak the fuck out. I mean, or even a hundred million. I'm sure she would be like, oh my God, so much money. Everyone has to do the work. No matter how much money someone has, we have to do the work on investing and spending and making. We always have to be students of the work because that's what growth is. Because when you stop growing, you start dying, right? So I've uh, compiled these seven things. I'm going to recap. Number one, they have gratitude. They spend money freely. They donate it freely. They're grateful for their money when they spend it. Number two, Wealthy people don't use words like, I can't afford. They use positive language around money and their limitations with their current financial situation. Number three, they they trust their ability to make money. They know that they can make it. They trust themselves. They look for evidence. Even when they don't have the money, they look to build a case for themselves of when they were able to bring in money previously. Number four, they surround themselves with people that are more successful than them, that have more money than them. Number five, they don't believe that debt is bad and they use credit cards for points. Number six, they have fears in investing, but they do it anyways. They know there is no such thing as a bad investment. And number seven, they constantly practice their money mindset. They're continual students of the work, (laughs) growth, expansion, overflow. They evaluate their triggers when they happen because they still get triggered. We all do, you guys. So I hope this episode was super fucking valuable. Please, please, please remember to take your quiz to figure out what your money magnetism potential is in 2020 and receive your free affirmations and journal prompts from me. I made them for the four different stages of money magnetism. I made four different ones for you. Take the quiz multiple times if you want. If you want to try and get new prompts or new answers, there's four different opportunities to get four different freebies. So I love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will slay you again later.